Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hi, I hope you love hearing from skincare experts as much as I love talking to them because I have another awesome one for you. Dr. Simran Sethi taught me so much about her skincare research with women of color specifically. We talked about her skincare line, Skin by Dr. Simran Sethi, which helps women of color who struggle to find the right skincare products. She really helps celebrate and care for their complexion by working with the skin renewal process rather than against it, supporting healthy skin function, minimizing irritation and inflammation. We also got into details behind laser treatments, what to use, what not to, the price of them. We talked about skincare fads. We talked about ultimate products we should have on our lineup. She's just amazing. Dr. Sethi is also the founder and medical director of Renew MD Beauty and Wellness, which is a modern medical aesthetic spa with three locations across Northern California in Stockton, Fremont, and Folsom, and the host of the Skin Report podcast. Here is Dr. Sethi for all your skincare needs. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me today. We're talking about skin, my all-time favorite thing to talk about. Yes, mine too. The first thing we should just start with is how you got into skin science and how skincare became a passion for you. Yes. First of all, Whitney, thank you for having me on. And yes, it is my absolute favorite topic to talk about. And it's something that I think that it, it, it is, it's like another vital sign. It's a sign of how healthy you are, just like your blood pressure or your mm-hmm. heart rate. So, and it's, it's one of those things that someone sees first on you. So for all those reasons, it, it's such an important part of who we are. And I'm in, I'm an internal medicine doctor, which means that I work with adult medicine and, and, and I'm not a dermatologist. So you probably would, and a lot of people wonder, well, then how did you get into skin and especially specifically into aesthetics, but I, it really, my interest in skincare actually started from 
when I was a college student and, and entering medical school. And I had, I have, I had acne a little later in life. So mm-hmm, it was hormonal mm-hmm. and, and, you know, when you're a medical student, you can't afford very much. And, and frankly, when I was a medical student back in early 2000, there wasn't, there wasn't such a variety of skincare products like we have today. Right. Um, right. So I, I struggled with this acne scarring and, and I didn't have the time to figure out how to cover it up with makeup. I didn't even have, you know, I didn't even know how to do makeup, honestly. So my interest in having healthy skin started from there. And I would, you know, experiment with a few products that I could afford. And I graduated from drugstore to buying skincare products at the mall. But what was very clear was that nothing was helping me. I was just sort of, you know, always, I I think I was always using less potent products because everything a little more expensive was actually causing reactions. So when I became a practicing physician, I started going to my friends who were dermatologists and everyone told me the same thing. They said, well, you know, you have a darker skin tone, so you can't use very aggressive products that we would normally use on someone who's lighter. So you just have to learn how to cover this up more effectively. Oh, that is not what you want to hear. No, it definitely is not, especially if, and, and, you know, I can see there, I can totally see their perspective because they're trying not to put me on something that would make me react and make things worse. So I respect, of course. but, but that is, and believe it or not, that is typically what I hear from my patients when they come to our, my practice now. And, 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 you know, I, And I think that we are at this juncture now where we can take advantage of so many different technologies and products for skin. So that's kind of how my interest in skincare continued to grow. And as an internal medicine physician who worked in the hospital with very sick patients, I just felt like my patients never left happy. So I I felt like I really needed a change in how I was practicing medicine. And because I'd always enjoyed aesthetics. I decided to open my own medical spa and do aesthetic medicine. And that's kind of how my interest and, and expertise in skin grew. And, and now I have my product line and so forth. What are some of the most common skin issues that women of color face? And then how do you specifically address them? Yes, that's an excellent question. And, and you know, first, before I answer that, I wanted to first explain actually who women of color are, because that's yes. something that I feel is still not very well defined in our society. And I have clients who are women of color. And if I tell them that, they're like, really, I'm a woman of color? Because it is yeah. a new term. But we, when we think of women of color, we typically think of women who are African-American descent or of Hispanic descent. But color also includes women who are South Asian, which would be Indian, Pakistani, who are Middle Eastern, who are East Asian, you know, from China, Korea, and so forth. So, so the, all of these women have something, have one thing in common. Their skin likes to pigment or overpigment or abnormally pigment in response to any kind of skin injury. And a skin injury could occur in the form of a breakage in skin, which would happen with acne. It can occur if there's if somebody's using a product that's really drying their skin out and breaking the skin barrier. So inflammation, all of these things look exactly the same on the skin type. They look like sort of like brown patches and dark spots on skin. On someone who's lighter, who in, in medicine we call skin types one through three, 
those reactions will look more like their skin looks pink. It looks like red or pink spots and so forth. So that's one of the big differentiators. But also lighter skin types, when they have acne and acne is cured, they don't have as much scarring and they pretty much don't have any pigmentation versus anyone who's a little darker and, and, or, you know, to a skin type six, which is sort of the most melanated skin type that acne can go away. And decades later, you will still have dark spots there. That's the the most predominant issue. So the most common skin issues that that we're talking about here are probably like the scarring from acne, right? And and pigmentation from that. So how do you address those specifically? So so normally what people will do and and our, our sort of the cosmetic and skincare industry has trained our mind to think this way is they try and use bleaching agents. And when I talk about bleaching agents, I'm specifically referring to things like hydroquinone, or, you know, they're actually in parts of Asia, there are actually creams that have peroxide and, and an actual bleach. So and and all these things will actually cause your skin to your skin barrier to break, and trying to fight melanocyte or melanin production. So basically, overall, people were fighting melanin production, and that was causing even more production of melanin in response. Instead of that, what I like to do is address the root cause. So the root cause is inflammation, old collagen that's just still sitting there. So in order to address that, you have to sort of rejuvenate the skin, make it produce new skin, healthier skin at a faster rate to start spots erase. And you also have to fortify that skin barrier to prevent any kind of further inflammation or aging that will occur and cause more dark spots. And that requires nourishing our natural skin renewal cycle at every step. And that was one of the biggest things that I learned as a practicing physician. I also, you know, went from thinking, okay, maybe one cream will do it all. Maybe I just need to give this person a really high dose of a vitamin C cream and it's going to get better. But but I realized that no, it's actually an entire rhythm and an, an entire system that follows your skin cycle so that everything stays in balance. We're not like feeding one step of it and then depriving the other step. You have your product line, Skin, by Dr. Sethi. So when developing this product line, were you thinking mostly about this issue, the anti-acne scarring, cleansing, like moisturizing from within? Like what's the what's the the mission of the skincare line? Yeah, so so the, the mission of the skincare line is to really take people with more melanin-rich or melanated skin tones. So there are sort of two groups of people in, in that group of people, really. It's those who've tried more aggressive medical-grade products that are very potent and have found that they're way too strong for them and get them more inflamed. And then they go and use things like CeraVe or Vaseline and just keep things super light, but not having any active ingredients in them. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so, so that's the, that's the one group that I feel like they need to be elevated to. Yes, you can use potent medical grade active ingredients that go to the dermis, the deep layer of your skin, but you have to be, mm-hmm. but you have to do it properly. And you also need skin barrier protection. Right. That's why, this, that's why my product line is, so its mission is to really elevate you to using medical grade actives, but mm-hmm. also maintaining and continuing to keep that skin barrier strong to basically completely prevent inflammation so that you 
you are going to naturally erase your pigmentation and not form more pigmentation. What's like your hero product? I would say it's my retinol. It's a, it's a retinol lipid complex. And so many people with my skin tone or darker are so scared of using retinol when retinol is so well studied. And it's such, it's, it's like retinol is one of those products that everyone should be on because it's, it's like the ultimate, the ultimate anti-ager. It. I know. I'm so scared of it, though. It's the one. I'm such a skin junkie, and I use everything. And retinol is the one thing that I've been resistant to for some reason. I'm sure you get that all the time. I do. Now, are you worried that it's going to make your skin sensitive? Yes. Like I just don't want that initial dry, itchy, red, sensitive situation. I don't. I just. I have a hard time knowing that that's going to happen and then just like putting myself through that and not know it and not knowing if that's going to be the case for a while. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with the the dry flaky skin. No, I, I completely, I, that's exactly what I hear. Or people will start using a retinol and then after mm-hmm. a week they'll stop because they say, well, I just, I just cannot deal with my skin. Exactly. So the retinol lipid that, and that's why I developed the retinol lipid complex. So what mm-hmm. it is, it, it, it's a 0.5% retinol, which is sort of a medium grade. And um, okay. that's the dose that's been studied to show actually exactly the same results as a 1%, which a lot of people think just because it's stronger, it's, it's going to be better. But after you've used both for about a month, they actually behave exactly the same way. So, oh, so you know, medium strength is what I prefer. And, and I think, you know, gives all, it gives all the benefits. And then combined with a phospholipid complex. So when you when you pump out the retinol, it looks like an oil. And that's and that's what's actually so what that's doing is the retinol, in order to start when it starts its action, it basically triggers also a breakage in your skin barrier. And that's why you get that flaking and that redness. Right. But it doesn't need to do that to be effective. So it's okay. that that's what the phospholipids do. Their job is to actually go. And they are they mimic the lipids, the fat that we naturally have in our skin barrier to continue to maintain that and keep that nice and strong. So you don't go through that phase of peeling and, and being inflamed for, you know, anywhere from four to six weeks. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I mean, my next question was gonna be about skincare myths, but that just is one debunked that you can use a retinol that won't necessarily dry you out like that. That's so awesome. Right. I, I didn't I, think that people have to dry out from retinol and that's not true. It's it's very effectively doing its job. You do right. not have to go through all of that purging to get, you know, to get a proper response from it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like sometimes people in skincare think like pain is gain, you know, like if there's not some sort of healing component afterwards, then the people feel like it probably won't work. But I feel like that must be a skincare myth, right? (laughs) And, you know, people think the same about skin procedures like laser microneedling. And we have and and maybe back maybe like two decades ago, that might have been the case, but we've moved so far from that. Yes. So like someone I'm, I'm trying to think of like who is listening and, and, and what they would want to ask. And I'm feeling like a, 
a kind of routine would be helpful, like for you as someone that has a med spa. So I'm 37 years old. My, our listeners are any, are mostly like, I would say 30 to 40. And I think that everyone is starting to really be conscientious of taking care of their skin. And I think that a lot of people are, they know where to find information on skincare routines, but they don't necessarily know where to look to for like the lasers they should be getting if they want to invest into it a little bit and how many times they have to do something like that. So, so first of all, you do not have to have a skin issue to start, you know, using lasers and microneedling and these skin treatments, because basically all of these treatments are Mm -hmm. to, to make your skin basically to reverse aging. And, and you do not have to be very aged to reverse, start reversing aging also. So totally. that so like you said, if most of your listeners are in that, you know, 30s to 40s group, this is actually the perfect time to consider skin rejuvenation. And yes. my my two favorite treatments for that is the first one is called PicoShore laser. It's a beautiful okay. laser that is that goes to the deepest layer of our skin, the dermis. And it basically creates an injury to the collagen there because the dermis is where we normally make collagen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By giving it that injury, it triggers a reaction that will make you start making collagen like you were in your late teens to early 20s. And, oh and, and, and it's amazing because that reaction time or that response lasts for a good three to six months, which means that so if someone came to me and said, you know, I have all this acne scarring, I need to, you know, I need to get rid of it, or I have all these fine lines and I want to address these, I would put them through a series of PicoSure laser treatments, four to five of them once a month. But for okay. a normal for someone who's like, you know what, I just want to start anti-aging. I want to take advantage of all the technologies that are out there. I would yeah. say, well, why don't you do one to two PicoSure lasers a year? And that's all you need. And the beauty of it is that a PicoShare laser, essentially, when we do the treatment, it takes 20 minutes. Right after the treatment, the skin looks a little pink. And literally within about an hour to two hours, your skin goes completely back to normal. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Because I feel, again, I feel like so many of the lasers that have been suggested to me have so much downtime. Yeah. And Absolutely. I don't need to. Yeah. And I don't feel the need for that aggressive of a situation. And who knows if what they're offering is even more aggressive than what what this Pico laser is. I think it was like Erbium. Have you heard of Erbium? Oh, yes, Erbium is very aggressive. But- oh my God. I I had no idea. And I saw a slight difference, definitely, but like not enough compared to the recovery afterwards. Exactly. So, so that's the thing. So, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I would like to take this opportunity to explain the difference in the types of lasers. And please, I'm confused. That's very, very important. And I think everyone who's listening, you know, so this is, this part's really important and that's what really makes a difference because you're right. If, if we just said generally you can do any laser treatment once or twice a year, well, there are so many different kinds. You can't afford to take one or two weeks off from work 
to recover from a laser treatment. And, and, right. and the- you don't want to, it's like, it's, that's, it, it just feels like too much time spent on something that yes, obviously our skin is important, but it's just not attainable. For sure. So the PicoShare laser is so unique in this. RBM lasers, IPL, Fraxel lasers, these are all categories of lasers. What they're doing is like the RBM one, is they have to use heat to burn the top layer of your skin and try and travel and move that heat to your dermis to create that same injury that PicoShore is doing. Now, PicoShore works very differently. PicoShore does not actually, does not deliver heat to your skin. It delivers vibrational force, which means that it kind of skips your skin, its top layer, and goes straight to your dermis, and it creates that reaction over there. So you are not getting any external burning of the skin, which is what you were getting with the erbium. And if you had my skin tone, you would you sh- you would not even be offered to do that laser because you would come out looking like a burn victim and then right. have hyper and hypopigmentation permanently after that. So, God. <laughs> well, PicoShare laser actually the reason why I have so much experience with it is because most of my clients are women of color, and I extensively mm-hmm. in that group. But I also have a lot of clients who are you know of your skin tone, and again, that is the laser of choice. You literally can get it during your lunch break and go to work. And most people, nobody would even know you had any, anything done and you could even wear makeup on top. Unbelievable. And do you mind if I ask pricing on that? What yeah, one? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah. So I recently incorporated the more like the, the newer, more aggressive version of PicoShirt and it's called Pro and okay. we charge. So I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. So our pricing is going to be you know, based on that. So we charge 850, but generally PicoShare lasers will run bet- anywhere between $650 a session to mm-hmm. like $100 a session. And okay. if you were to do that twice a year, I mean, I'm not saying that that's, you know, that's nothing, but of course, with no downtime, getting such an extensive treatment that is going to trigger you to make collagen like you were in your teenage years, totally worth it. Totally. It helps in the long term too, right? Because you're like Absolutely. stimulating that collagen, basically delaying the aging process, exactly. correct? You're exactly right. You're, you're, you know, a question that some of my patients will ask me, well, am I too young to do this? What if I right. start getting this, right? It's mm-hmm. going to quickly revert to or look worse than it. And the answer is no. You're basically, when you're doing a PicoShare laser or any kind of skin rejuvenation, what you're doing is you're making your skin behave like it was in its younger years and mm-hmm. it's continue to do that. So not only does it repair the fine lines or repair dark spots, it also makes your skin behave younger. So it's making stronger skin that is more, it's better at even avoiding, like, you know, it doesn't have the susceptibility to wrinkling and, and right. dark spots. So yes, in the long run, it, it makes a huge difference. And I always tell my patients that, you know, we're, we're starting off with this treatment group, but what I want you to do is look at your pictures over the next few years, and you will see that your friends who are not doing anything are going to look a lot more aged than you are, or look very different while mm-hmm. you I am very confident will actually continue to look better and better. And I know it sounds like that. I mean, it sounds kind of unbelievable in a way, but (laughs) given the fact that we have those kind of technologies available to us. 
Right. Right. So back to the skincare myth situation, like, do you have any other interesting ones that we should be aware of? You know, another one that I see a lot of people doing is a derma roller. Have you heard of those? It, it, it kind of looks like it, it looks like one of those lint rollers, but it has spikes on it. Yes, 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 yes. I've seen that. Yes. So there's a good number of people who like who use them. And it's always an interest. It's, it, it's very, it's, it's one of those things that it, it's trying to mimic what a procedure we call microneedling does. Yeah. Like the at home version of it. And, and the problem with that is that microneedling kind of like picochure laser also requires damage in the dermis. So in the deep layer of the skin, if it does not re if those needles don't get to the deep layer of the skin and they go in our more superficial layer, they're actually going to just produce scarring, just like a cut in the skin or acne produces. So they're actually a very dangerous device to use, especially at home. And then if you think about it, if you had to roll this roller on your face that has spikes, you're likely going to do it very lightly because you can't inflict that level of pain on yourself. So right. what I end up seeing people doing is they're they're using this and they're but they're doing it frequently and they're using it so superficially that it actually is promoting scarring and pigmentation. And that's actually mm. what brings them into our office where they go, I don't know what happened, but my face all of a sudden started getting really pigmented and I'm starting to see these scars and they're actually never associating it with the roller. Interesting. Are there any like at home tools or products that you would recommend? Like I have one of those masks that has the the red light. Like, is there anything like that that you like or the jade rollers or like the cold ball ice rollers, anything like that? So I, I, the two products I like are, I like the, so I, I like the led mask. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're excellent. And, but you do have to use them frequently. And yeah. the LED mask, the only time you should not use them is if you have it, if you've been diagnosed with a condition called melasma. Right. That's the only time where I would not recommend that. And then the other product I like is the Clarisonic brushes. There's now a few different brands, but mm-hmm. sort of they're like a like electric brush that brushes debris off your face. That's a very nice product but it should not be used daily. I would recommend using it every other day because okay. daily it might strip your skin of too many oils. So those two products I really like for at-home use. Okay. That's good to know. And then I have a random question about exfoliation. So I I love to exfoliate and I love an exfoliator with like little beads in it. I just bought Kim Kardashian's exfoliator. I used it for the first time yesterday and I really liked it. Like it was really gentle. And then I also have this M61 one that I love when I feel like I haven't had a facial in a little while. I use that to like really feel clean and feel like it gets all the kind of grime and dirt off my skin. So how do you feel about those? Oh yes. No, I, so actually in my line, our, my exfoliant is a skin polish. And it is okay. It's actually a combination of these very small, very fine microparticles. And mm-hmm. particle size is important in exfoliation because if you use very large particles, it can really make these micro tears on your skin and inflame it. So okay. the I, I I also am a fan of micro exfoliant. My my skin polish is actually a combination of the micro exfoliant for mechanical exfoliation, and then I have a pomegranate extract for chemical exfoliation. So other chemical, so it kind of gives you two things. Sometimes the chemical exfoliant 
helps clean the pores up a little more effectively than the mechanical one. The mechanical Mm -hmm. is good at like taking off those really small micro dead skin cells that are sitting on our skin. And then Mm -hmm. the, the chemical exfoliant can really get deep into the pores and clean those out. So this is a combination, but that, but if I was to use a chemical exfoliant like like salicylic acid or or an AHA, an alpha hydroxy acid, it might it would get too aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's why I use a botanical pomegranate extract instead. But yes, no, right. I love exfoliants, especially I I personally feel like micro exfoliants are usually safer because most most products now are you know they have very fine particles, so that's great. Mm-hmm. I was growing up, I was using the apricot facial scrub. Which oh, right. Of course, the St. Ives. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily, they no one really uses it on their face anymore. We have evolved. <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, their exfoliation, but I also always, always promote getting a monthly facial because yeah. no matter how good you are with your skincare, you do need that deeper exfoliation that comes with a facial. Yeah, so true. What do you think about the hydrofacial? I actually really, really like the hydrofacial. In my practice, we use something which is more of a combination. We use something called a diamond glow, which is oh, I've heard of that. Yes, which is a which is a diamond tip. So the hydrofacial uses water pressure to sort of clean out your pores, and then it infuses back the serums into your skin. The diamond glow uses a mechanical diamond tip to scrape off those dead skin cells and and clean the pores and water pressure. And on top of that, it infuses serum back. So I find that it's a little more aggressive maybe. And so I, I, I just like that, but I honestly, they're, they're so similar. And I think they're excellent ways to incorporate a monthly kind of deep cleansing of your skin. Yeah. Same. I mean, I, I love a facial obviously, on one hand for how it cleans out my skin and then also just for how relaxing it is. So for the hydrofacial, I always say like, don't expect to be thoroughly relaxed during this facial because it's wet and it's a lot of just like rubbing this pen on the skin. I mean, I guess it depends where you go. Like obviously you're right. It also really improves your skin product penetration. So when we apply skincare products, our skin really only absorbs about 30% of it. Of them, but when you do a facial, your skin now has like you know they've taken up all the gunk from your face. So basically, you're gonna your penetration for your products goes up to like 60 70 percent, and that penetration is that high for a good two to three weeks after your facial. So there there's right. like a you know there's another added utility to that facial, right. So we've obviously talked about the exfoliator and the retinol, but what are some other key products that, I mean, I know it's hard to say because we all have such different skin, but like generally speaking, some key products that everyone should be thinking about or looking into. You know, another product that a lot of people don't think about is a moisture blocker or a moisture barrier. So everyone knows that they have to use a moisturizer and that's, and that's very common. But then Mm -hmm. have you noticed that when you apply your moisturizer within just a few hours, your skin starts feeling dry again? Yeah. So the reason that's happening is because we're all warm bodied and we're constantly just like, just like if you took a pot of water and put it to simmer on a stove, we are kind of that pot of water. We're constant, we're warmer than 
our environment. So we're constantly losing water from our skin. And so to prevent that, if you applied a moisture barrier, you will have your moisturizer will be essentially working and you will have that nice natural moisture throughout the day, all the way at night until you wash your face. And that's actually something that a lot of people don't realize and end up having dry skin most of the day, even though they applied a moisturizer. So my product line, we I have a, a hyaluronic acid serum, which is actually part of every skin. So my line has skincare systems for uh-huh. really dry, normal skin. And the hyaluronic acid is one of our hero products. It's in every system because what hyaluronic acid is, is it's, as hyaluronic acid is essentially a, a large molecule that sort of sits, it absorbs water and it sits on your skin surface. So it really protects mm. any loss of moisture from your skin. And okay, it's interesting. Yeah. And if you have a hyaluronic acid in your skincare routine now, just consider using it after you apply your moisturizer. So make it your last okay. product when you. Okay. Good to know. I know. I think that everyone gets a little bit confused with like the steps of what you're supposed to do when, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking on your site right now, Skin by Dr. Sethi, and you have, you go to shop and you have all the different systems to make it easy. So the acne system, the brightening system, the hydration system, and then the signature system. That's awesome. Yes. And even for people who have oily skin, I all, you know, wearing that, so I have oily skin. No, I, mm-hmm. I always dab my skin in the middle of the day because it was just it was just way too greasy. So, but after using hyaluronic acid, it essentially looks, you know, just it looks like moist and plump throughout the day. More glowy, yeah. And no dabbing required, you know, until literally I wash my face. Interesting. Okay. And then do you wash your face in the morning and at night or are you, cause I've been told various things. I know. I know there's a lot of confusion about that, right? No, I wash my face in the morning and at night because at night our, our, our skin follows the circadian rhythm, just like the rest of our body. So we are actively making all our new skin at night, which means that the old skin is sort of getting you know brought up to the surface. So when we mm-hmm. wake up in the morning, we actually have a lot more debris on our skin than we think. So washing in the, you know, in the morning is really important. Even if you have sensitive skin or dry skin, just use a gentler cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking with another skincare specialist and she's a scientist and she's all about the microbiome. And she was saying that she recommends not washing the face in the morning or if you do using like their gentle oil cleanser because it messes with the the micro, like your skin's natural microbiome. You know, so, I, I feel that I know there's the microbiome is becoming bigger and bigger in skincare. And yes. we'll have a lot of weight. We have quite a ways to go in terms of understanding it better. But yeah. in general, yes, if you use a gentle moisturizing cleanser, no matter what kind of what skin type you have in the morning, you're not going to strip your skin of too many oils and it will retain your moisture barrier. And, and, and it will not disrupt your, your microbiome because usually these cleanser have, have a pretty neutral pH. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So where I see you're in Northern California, so I can't come to you unless I'm up in Northern California, which is a bummer, <laughs> but tell everybody where they can find you both like online, virtually and in person. Absolutely. So I have three offices. They're all in Northern California. One of my offices is in, is in the San Francisco Bay area in an area called Fremont. 
And then I have one in Stockton and one in Sacramento. But I also have a weekly podcast called The Skin Report. And, and you know, I talk about skin, health, and, and, tr- and a lot of TikTok trends or just overall trends in skincare and treatments. And of course, then I have my product line, which is available online and in my offices, which is Skin by Dr. Sethi. Amazing. Okay, wait. And talking about skincare trends, it just sparked one more thing. What do you think about? Is is it called slugging? Yes, slugging. Slug, yes, so, slugging. It's okay. I, I've, I've done it once, but what? Tell me about it. Yes. So slugging is a trend where you apply Vaseline on your skin, and you know, it, I think slugging is trying to get at that concept of creating a moisture barrier, and what, which is what we do with the hyaluronic acid. The problem with Vaseline is it's so occlusive. It literally does not allow your skin to breathe. So what ends up happening is all that dirt and debris that we normally have on our skin and bacteria gets clogged into the pores and really increases breakouts. And I've seen, so I have, I have teenage kids. And so the first time I was made aware of slugging was from my, my 16 year old because she did it. And suddenly yeah. these little whiteheads on her skin. And, and she came to me and she said, I don't know what happened, but I have all these whiteheads all of a sudden. <laughs> but it, 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 and, and that makes sense. It's, it, so the Vaseline, Vaseline's a little too much. And it's really, right. if you're going to, if you want to achieve the same, the, the same thing can be achieved by using hyaluronic acid instead. Yeah. I, some, I don't put it all over my face, but I have this stuff called Lucas Papa ointment. It's like papaya extract that I've gotten from Australia. I, well, I order it on Amazon, but sometimes I'll just put it under my eyes or like around the area around my lips just for extra moisture. But yeah, I, I always thought, I thought the whole like slugging thing sounded counterintuitive. I was like, haven't we been always told not to use this stuff all yeah, over? Exactly. I- Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I I hope our paths cross one day and I can come see you. I would love that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.